one. Boom! What up, ladies and gents? We're back. It's Monday. We got some energy for you. We got some Imagine Dragons. We got the ability to, for you to take control of your time. Let's get into today's program. Welcome back. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business, business. All right, Ham, it's time for you to do your thing. Do your thing. Grab some heat, man. Let's all before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder, subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review. Help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz, schedule your time, and don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we are so excited and honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Our guest today specializes in helping people do more and stress less. After spending more than 15 years managing operations and human resources at early stage startups and struggling to balance her responsibilities at work and at home, our guest was running on empty. She knew there had to be a better way, and she started developing strategies that helped her gain control of her work-life balance and prevent the burnout that ran rampant in her field. Now she's helping others do the same. Our guest has taught more than 32,000 people and has been trusted by some of the biggest companies in the world, including Google, Lyft, and Capital One, how to stop worrying, prioritize effectively, and take control of your time. If you want to kill it at work, but you also want a great life outside of work, you're going to want to tune in today to hear how our guest can help you leave your work at the office and be well-rested, focused, and relaxed but still show up to every meeting, event, and activity prepared and on time. Joining us today out of the Bay Area in California, welcome to the show, Alexis Hasselberger! We are back. Oops, I keep hitting the button. You keep pushing the button. Alexis. That's what happens. We're so excited to have you. Taking control of our day, huh? Tell me a little yeah. bit about your background. How did you get into this whole idea of you can possibly not have burnout as an entrepreneur? What are you, what are you getting at here? Well, I, I know it because it's true. So first, thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to, to talk to you guys today. And, you know, why why do I think it's possible? Because I've seen other people burning out and I've seen what we can do instead. I've seen that there is a different way. Um, and so I got into it, you know, as we said in the intro, because I was spending a lot of my time in early stage startups where full of entrepreneurs, right? People who are like young and have a lot of gusto and are going to work hard and work long hours. And I knew that I wanted to be excellent at everything I did. And also, I don't want to work crazy hours. That's not that's not it for me. I got a lot of things I want to do outside of work. And so I started trying to figure out how, how do I do this? And then how can I help other people do this? Because I thought that it was possible. That's a conundrum, though. Don't you think? Like, uh, I got to do more. 
but I got to have less stress. Like, I don't know how that works, especially when you're early on, you're limited in capital, you're limited in resources, you're wearing every single hat out there, you're doing everything. How can I possibly do more with less stress? Because you put systems around what you're doing, right? I think a lot of the times, the reason we feel so stressed out, right, is that we are constantly grasping at the millions of good ideas that we have or the opportunities that are coming our way, or we're, you know, really hustling trying to find any opportunity that may come our way. It feels like we're just grasping. And there's lots of things circling around in our head. And it's hard to know what to prioritize and what to focus on. And so we, uh, well, you tell me, has this ever happened to you where you start the day with the best of intentions? You have your to-do list there. Maybe you've even blocked time on your calendar. And then you just start answering emails or Slack or whatever. And all of a sudden it's 6 p.m. And you're like, what happened? What happened? I didn't get anything done off my list today, but I've been working hard all day. Like, has that happened to you? No, that never happens. I'm always 100% productible every single day. And I'm uh -huh. only focusing on money productive activities. I never get lost in email, social media, text messages. Of course not. <laughs> no, everybody has. That happens not, to everybody. Right? That happens to every yeah. single one of us. It happens to everybody, right? And so I think what, what I saw is that if you put structure around that, and if you know what your priorities are, and if, if really, like what's really important to me is that we plan for what we can realistically actually accomplish, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of having a list of 100 things that I'm looking at every 20 minutes and saying, what should I do next? What should I do next? What should I do next? If we can separate the planning from the doing, then we can come up with a realistic plan where we're not giving ourselves 20 times more work than we can actually get done in a day, which means that instead of just reacting to things as they come, we now can say, okay, here's this incoming item. Where does it fit in my plan? Does it rightly push everything else out of the way? Or is it something that I actually need to push back on and not overcommit to right now? Is this something like uh, getting the ability or learning how to say no to things? Because I feel like as an early entrepreneur, we're so quick to say yes to the jobs that aren't paying as much or to you know sell a product where we're not profitable at this point because we're so afraid to offend a client, to damage a reputation that for the most part doesn't even exist yet, right? But we're so afraid to do that. We don't say no to very many things. And those yeses are really sucking up a lot of our time. Is that where I'm hearing you? Yeah, and we end up totally underwater, right? Because we're saying, I mean, at a certain point when you're brand new, you gotta say yes to everything because like there's nothing going on, right? You gotta say yes to every opportunity because you're trying to figure out what works and what's gonna be best. But then you reach a certain point where you don't need to say yes to everything anymore and yet you don't know how. You don't know how to say no anymore. You don't know how to put some boundaries around that. You don't know how to do it without feeling like a jerk. Right. Like mm -hmm. you don't know how to do it but with protecting those reputations, whereas you can easily turn it and just really damage your reputation by overcommitting and then being late on things or, you know, slipping up and missing things, et cetera. So I think there's that fine line where once you've started to see some success, it's necessary to say no to things. Meetings are one of those things that are huge time sucks in, in my day. I hate seeing a meeting that's scheduled and it's something like 45 minutes or an hour most of the times those meetings could get done in an email maybe five or 10 15 minutes max where we can sit down and discuss a specific topic but how do i get out of these meetings how can i structure it what can i do to help get me out of those things that i can easily say no to without being offensive or, or hurting that uh relationship 
Yeah, so I'm gonna give you a little mnemonic to use, which is the three R's of getting yourself all out of all those meetings that you don't wanna be in, right? So the first one is looking at your, really look at recurring meetings first, because these are the ones that are really damaging and really time, you know, they suck so much time from us. And say, okay, are there things on here that I could actually remove myself from? It could be an email, it could, maybe I just need, don't need to go, I can send somebody else on my team, or maybe I can just get the notes, or maybe it could be an email. So what can I just remove myself from? And the first, the one thing that I'll say is use the language of experimentation instead of the language of change, if you don't want to offend people. Because pretty much everybody is really kind of resistant to change, but it's very hard, you know, nobody wants to be the jerk that is unwilling to experiment, right? So if you can say, hey, we have this meeting, it's on the calendar, um, you know, every week, but actually we only have an agenda, it looks like maybe one out of five times, would you be open to experimenting with just making this an ad hoc meeting only when we need it and just pulling it off the calendar? And if that works, let's check back in a few months and see how that's going for us. Right? Like we can do it in a kind of collaborative way. So that's the first R is what can we remove? Then we have the second R, which is what can we reduce? And so, you know, you're saying, oh, these meetings are 45 minutes, we could do it in 10, et cetera. Where can you reduce in length or frequency? So where can a you know, 30 minute meeting become a 15 minute meeting? Where could an hour long meeting become a half an hour meeting? Or if we have a weekly meeting, could it be every two weeks or could it be every month, right? So we can at least get some of that time back. And then the third one is to rearrange. So now that we've got stuff off of our calendar, um, how do we move things around so that we have more open blocks of time to get real work done? So that our calendar doesn't look like, you know, that Swiss cheese of like a half hour meeting and then a half an hour of time, a half hour meeting, a half an hour of time. And so those are the three R's that I, that I teach my clients about how to, to get yourself out of all those soul sucking meetings that waste our time. So remove, right? And you, and let's, let's kind of dig into these remove. Yeah. So you're talking about removing yourself from these these types of meetings up front. Mm -hmm. What other things can we do to what other things can we remove ourselves from um, that give us some of the most freeing time in our calendar or freeing time in our to do list? Well, it depends for, for every person, right? I mean, there's going to be I, I would say the way that I look at this is it's very individual. So here's a good technique that you can try, right, is for a few days or a week. When, when you're doing things or check your task list, break them into three categories. What are things that only you can do, like nobody else in your organization can do it, it's not possible. What are things that uh, somebody else could do right now? Like you could delegate it, if you spent the 20 minutes to like write out the instructions, you could delegate this thing to someone else and they could do it on an ongoing basis. And then three, what are things that you could delegate but not to any resource that you have right now? Right. So it might mean that you need to outsource it, et cetera. And then that will give people a really good idea of where their time should be spent, especially as they kind of, you know, as your team gets bigger or as you progress up an organization, et cetera, you need to be spending more and more time on the stuff that only you can do. That's the most efficient for you. And it's the most actually efficient for the organization as well. Right. Because otherwise you have people spending people who are you know more more highly paid more etc who are spending a lot of time on work that could be done by somebody else i love that because you're you're literally creating a roadmap for the things that 
you are going to do. And besides, the things that you love to do are the things that you're going to want to do in your business anyways. The things that someone else can do are the things that you can delegate. Those are the types of things that eventually you do want somebody else to do. Now you kind of mentioned the the systems here to put in place. Is this where we start to develop systems for delegating or the systems for our staff to kind of pick those things up? Yeah, so I think a system to me is like a really broad word, right? It can mean anything. So a system is like, where, how do you keep your tasks in all your projects? Like, where does that stuff live and what processes do you follow there? A system is also, yeah, like, can I delegate into these three areas? Um, you know, a system is also like, how do I answer email, right? Do I just kind of pick and choose here or do I have a process, a processized way that I do this so that I'm not constantly in that decision fatigue mode? And so I think a lot of the things that, that I teach around how do we gain back time are to decide on what your process looks like and what exceptions look like for any variety of things that you do in your business. And then try that out, stick with it or iterate, but don't kind of be flip-flopping all the time between different systems and different things. Really say, okay, what works here and how am I going to apply this consistently so that I don't have to think about it so much. How, how can we I start to identify some of these things? So, I mean, you mentioned, you know, in the remove section, there's three different ways that you should categorize your, 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 uh, your different people that you're going to be doing these tasks for. Um, but as I'm going through the day, it's not so easy every single time to stop and kind of jot down these types of notes. Is there like a strategy in place so I can kind of go through my day and say, look, this was productive. This was this was a complete waste of time. I spent, you know, 25 minutes going through TikToks when I should have been, you know, answering emails or whatever it's going to be. Like, what's the, you know, what, what, what can we do to kind of look at our day as a reflective kind of way to make adjustments going forward? Yeah. So I have, when I start working with clients one-on-one, I have all of them spend a week tracking their time. And you can either do this on, you know, you can just do it in pen and paper if you want to. There's also a free app called Toggle. It's T-O-G-G-L that you can track your time. And I find this really helpful because time is so subjective, right? Like when you're doing the things in your business that you enjoy, time flies, right? And at home, right? You're hanging out with family, et cetera. Time goes fast. You're doing things that are not so exciting. That time takes forever. And so we really don't have a great sense of, of where that time goes. And I'll give you an example. You know, I was working with a, you know, an, a tech executive one time and he did some time tracking and he realized that he was spending four hours a day on YouTube and Reddit in like five minute increments. And he had no idea. Like he thought, oh yeah, it's too much. Like maybe it's an hour, right? But it was four hours. And so when you do a little bit of this like actual time tracking, you don't have to do it forever, but even just for a week, you can be like, okay, I want to be doing more of this, less of this. This thing over here was really surprising to me. And that just gives you some data. So for me, I track my time about two weeks out of every year just to kind of say, like, am I working too much? Am I sleeping enough? Like, am I doing things that I could pay somebody else to do? <laughs> am I doing things that seem like a waste of time? All that stuff. So you're exactly right. When you're uh, when you're dis- when you're working through that process for yourself, I mean, you you start to realize a lot of those little five minute things that are taking up a huge chunk of your day. Um, you know, when you try to get people to shift their habits or create new disciplines, for example, yeah. uh, how beneficial is it for them to see the light, to see the results that you see on Toggle, for example, and be like, "Look, this is where I want to change," and then. You know, I guess I'm 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 looking for a comparison. People who don't look at that light, do they stick to that new habit? Do they stick to that discipline versus people who actually see their habits? Are they able to make the change a little bit easier? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I think for me, self-awareness is a big part of all of the stuff that we're doing and around habit building and everything else. And so, you know, I, I would say with any of my clients, we always do this. So it is not actually like, like we don't move on unless we've seen what there is and we really know what our current reality looks like. And so, yeah, I would suspect that if you're, if you don't, you haven't kind of really pinpointed and identified the problem, then it's going to be a little bit harder to stick to whatever it is you're trying to do because you don't really see the differential, right? You're not mm-hmm. saying like, this is my starting place and here's where I want to get to. Yeah, having that uh, that goal in mind. Now, you mentioned self-awareness. Now, that's something that's everybody talks about it, but not everybody can quite clearly define it, right? So mm-hmm. when, when you talk about self-awareness, and, and in this context, we're talking about just the daily activities that you're doing, does it go beyond that? Does it go, you know, what is it that you want to achieve in your business? How much money do you want to make? What is it that you want in your relationships? Does it go beyond just the time frame that we're looking at when you're talking about self-awareness? Yeah, I mean, I work with people, like my goal is to help people to use their time more intentionally in service of their goals and values, whatever those may be, right? So I don't, you know, I don't care what those are, whatever, however they want to use their time, that's what I'm there to help them figure out how to do. And so for some people, you know, I just had a work with a client who her goal really was to move her business from a place of kind of, you know, lack of attention and a little bit of passivity to something that's really moving forward and that she wants to grow and scale, et cetera. And so you know, we just apply all the different techniques and things that we're, we're learning to what she wants to do, where I have other people who are like, I actually want more time for myself. Like, that's what I need more time for. And so we really work to, um, to say, okay, what techniques are going to work well for you? Here's how to say no to like social obligations that you don't want to participate in or whatever that is, because that's really specific to this person. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it goes, for me, it's like a whole life kind of a thing. It's not just what happens within the eight hours that you're working or as an entrepreneur, it's not, not the eight hours, but you know what I mean. What's your what's your idea about the whole hustle grind mentality that's out there right now? Like you have to be if you're not grinding, you're not valuable. If you're not hustling, you're not being successful. I mean, you know, I, don't get me wrong. I am an early riser. I do do a lot. I get a lot done during my day. Um, but most of the time I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. Right. Like that's part of what I do. Whereas other people might see the grind and the hustle as I will never do that. So there is no possibility of me ever being successful. Yeah, I I hate the hustle and grind mentality personally, because I don't think like, you know, when you look at that list, of like what are the five things that people always regret on their deathbed, right? Number one is working too much, right? Mm -hmm. And so I really reject that mindset that like the way to, the, the way to become successful is through brute force. Um, I know that a lot of people do it and it is one way, but to me, it doesn't seem like a particularly um, enjoyable way to get the things done that we want to get done. And so I really think that, you know, if we look at success, what that means for people, right? To me, it's like knowing that you spent your day doing things that were more important than the things you didn't do, right? Um, and, you know, I also, I'm not an early riser. Like waking up has been the hardest part of my day since I was in kindergarten. Um, 5 a.m. club stuff, I hate that stuff. It works for some people, right? It works for people who are naturally early risers and that's great. But I'm not gonna go against like my own chronotype to get up earlier and struggle every single day when I could just shift my schedule a little bit better and be more productive that way. 
Yeah, yeah. Because ultimately, and my wife's the same way. She's like, I'm not an early riser, but she'll work more productively in the evening. Like that's her, that's her zone, right? So, you know, each of us have our own zone. Um, I remember reading uh, Robert Kiyosaki and he talked a lot about how one of the reasons why he's such a successful entrepreneur is because he's lazy and he doesn't want to do work, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tell me a little bit about, you know, as you're, as you're talking about, you know, the hustle and grind mentality, that kind of thought popped into my head. What is your thought on that process on, on the lazy entrepreneur? Yeah. Well, so it's funny because I often refer to myself as a very driven, lazy person. (laughs) Like like my goal. It's so funny that you said that. So, I mean, my goal, I I like having a lot of time (laughs) to myself to do what I want for my family, for my friends. Like I like to cook. I like to read. I like to watch TV. Like I like to do a lot of things that aren't, you know, work. Not that I don't love what I do either. Like I love that too. Um, But I think there's this, this something that we forget which is that lazy people are very efficient, right? (laughs) Because if you don't wanna do work, then you will figure out the easiest, lowest effort way (laughs) to get that work done. And if you have high standards, then you're gonna figure out the most efficient, lowest effort way to get that work done to your high standards, right? And so I I love the concept of lazy because to me, it's like just smart. I, I was uh, I was I forgot where I heard it or might have been it might have been a TikTok might have been another video on YouTube but they were talking about how uh, prior to like the uh, industrial age we didn't actually work that much as, a, yeah. as human beings we didn't have uh, such a, an extreme work ethic it wasn't until really about the industrial age and the in the time of the incandescent light bulb that we started to shift our priorities on when things can get done because of factories uh, that came about so all of a sudden we were there and, be, and you know factories were more productive than what human beings were and then of course with the light bulb now it's like well we can work night shifts and day shifts and it all shifted <laughs> Uh, I mean, and that's not too far away from where we are today. A hundred years ago, you know, that's 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 really where it all started. Um, today, we're dealing with a whole new revelation: information, and and the fact that we have so much at the at our fingertips. How much of that is driving us uh, essentially insane? We're we're really stressed for time when yet I can get the answer to something in a snap of a finger. Yeah. Yeah. What don't you think it's related to that influx? Because I mean, if you think, but I don't know how old you are, but when I was a kid, right, like I got the internet somewhere in middle school, you know, middle school, early high school, I got the internet. And before that, like things did take longer. There wasn't just like an endless stream of information to consume and feel that you were always behind on it, right? Like there weren't a million streaming services and shows to binge watch, right? It's like we, we had cable TV at some point when I, you know, at some point during high school, I think, right? But I think there just was less going on. And also people couldn't take, like my parents could not take their work home if they tried, right? (laughs) Like they didn't have laptops, they were working in an office. And so I think there that, well, you know, while technology is amazing in so many ways, I mean, it's how you and I connected, it's how we're talking right now. I mean, like technology is amazing. It also comes with like with kind of responsibility and growing pains, right? And I think we are still in that nascent baby stage where we are learning how to have technology support us instead of have it rule us. Mm. Help me, help me uh, keep going on that. What do you mean by it helping us? Because earlier we were talking about how it distracts us, so all these notifications, all these time sucks. Mm-hmm. How is it helping us? 
Well, so just as you said, right, you can get the answer to something like this, right? You don't need um, to go do a whole bunch of research. I mean, I remember as a kid calling the library's helpline and somebody would like go look something up in an encyclopedia or something. Like we have information at our fingertips. And we also can control these things. So notifications, I don't have notifications on for anything except for meetings, right? Because you know we're all working at home, you wanna show up when, when that meeting is coming, right? But I don't have notifications on for email, for Slack, for social media, for anything like that. So I can go into those, you know, I can go into my email and use it as a communication tool when I want to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I always think of all that stuff as other people's priorities, right? Sometimes it aligns with mine, sometimes it doesn't, but I wanna be in control of when I'm accessing it. Because if you're just at the whim of pings and dings all day long, it's incredibly distracting and it's gonna steal time away from you. You're talking about the pressure of responding to something, right? I get a text message, I gotta respond right now. I get an email, I gotta respond right now. I get a, you know, whatever alert, I gotta do it right now. Right now isn't necessarily, yeah, right? I mean, isn't it my time? Isn't it my day? Isn't it my responsibility when I choose? Yeah, yes. And that's the thing, right, is that it is really, the way that all of this is built, it is it's temptation, right? It's like, as soon as you see that little red dot, you're like, I need to know what it is. It's just like human nature. And so the trick is to not see it, right? It's to say, no, I'm going to turn that stuff off because I know myself and I know if I get a ding, I'm going to want to look at the text message and I'm going to want to reply. So what can I do? It's much harder for me to resist that temptation than it is to just remove the temptation altogether, mm. right? Get rid of it. Get rid of it. And then you're going to stay a lot more productive. All right. So we did uh, we did remove. Well, let's talk a little bit real quick about uh, reduce and rearrange. Let me go into a little bit more uh, more depth into that. How do I reduce my calendar? Yeah. So I would take a look at things that are on there and say, what can I reduce in frequency or in length? Right. So do I have meetings on there that could be shorter? And you can use this for recurring meetings or even just as, you know, on a go forward basis. Right. Both Gmail and Outlook have options to that in Gmail it's called speedy meetings and in Outlook, I think it's called end meetings early or something like that. But they both have options so that you can automatically default to any new meeting being shorter than 35 than 30 minutes or an hour. Right. Mm. Um, so you can set it up going forward. You also could say, okay, we have this meeting, it's 90 minutes a week. Like, do you think we can handle it in half an hour? Let's try, let's see if that works, right? Um, or extending things, right? I was just talking to a client last week and she said, I have this monthly meeting on my calendar, right? And I'm like, what is it about? She's like, nothing, it's about nothing. There's never any agenda, <laughs> you know? It's like, it's. I was like, is it a social capital meeting? And she was like, yeah, basically. And I was like, okay, move that to lunchtime. You both gotta eat, right? So like have yep. social capital meetings during lunchtime. Uh, even if it's over Zoom. And what else is on your calendar that like we could say, you know, instead of having it recurring, let's have it be ad hoc. Or adopting a personal philosophy of I don't go to a meeting if there's no agenda. You know, lots of people are saying no to things where they don't know what it is or why they're there. Um, yeah. That, so is, that is key right there. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love that. I'm not going to go to a meeting if there's no agenda. Because that yeah. puts the responsibility on the person who's setting the meeting, right? All of a sudden, it's like, look, you're, you're, you need to value my time. I don't mind showing up to your meeting if we have something specific to discuss, right? Exactly. It's almost, you're, you're putting your foot down. All right. Mm-hmm. Rearrange. Yeah. Rearrange. So I like to think of your calendar like Tetris, 
right? It's mm -hmm. like, how do we move the things around so that we're getting the most efficiency, the lack of gaps in there? Um, and it's gonna be different for everybody. Like I'm a person who I really like to have full days full of meetings and then full days without meetings. Like I, I like to just have it blocked that way. I know a lot of people don't like that at all. Like a lot of people do not wanna sit in, you know, I, I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one client sessions. A lot of people don't wanna sit through seven or eight of those in what that's just too much for them. But for me, that works because I like to have these other days where it's just completely open and I can get into the deep creative work. Some people might say, you know, that's not reasonable for me, but I can do meetings in the morning, no meetings in the afternoon. Or I could do, you know, a couple of, you know, I can I can arrange it however that works. But what you want to do is increase the, the number of back-to-back -back hours of freedom in your schedule, right? So that you're not kind of going between these meetings or left with gaps of half an hour where you really can't get into anything deep or get into any flow state. So what is the ideal time that you should set in your calendar between meetings? I mean, are we talking five minutes here? Are we talking 15? Yeah, I mean, less than 30 for you to get into flow state, but you know, what's, what's something ideal that at least we should have in between uh, appointments? I mean, I think that this also is really subjective for people, but I like to have between five and 10 minutes. So that means that if I am in an hour long session, it's 50 minutes and the last 10 minutes of that hour are for, you know, writing up your action items or your notes or going to the bathroom or whatever, getting a drink of water or whatever you need to do. Um, but I think anything more than five or 10 minutes, now we are in a block of time where it's like, okay, what are we gonna do with this, right? Maybe we'll be able to get a few emails out, et cetera. But I think that we really just need a little break between meetings, like to move, to move our eyes, to, you know, whatever we bio break stuff we need to do. But we don't need these like these windows of like 15 minutes to an hour between meetings. That can start to get really hard because you basically just get into something before you have to go into another meeting. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I like I like the uh, less than 15 minutes too because I think with a 15 minute marker, I can get some stuff done in 15 minutes. You know, I, there's a lot yeah. of people that I, I talk to, they're like ADHD type people and like 15 minutes is just the perfect amount of time to set on the timer because you'll get stuff done and it's just enough time where you're like, you know, a bird will fly by and you're like, okay, well, on to the next thing. So yeah, right. like 15 minute marker is a, a good, a good uh, idea. All right, yeah. uh, Alexis, before we head out, you know, you've dropped so much great information with us today. Uh, if people want to work with you, reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, they can get me at alexishasselberger.com, which is so helpfully going right across the screen right now. Um, that's the best way to reach out to me or follow me on Instagram at do.more.stress.less or I'm on Facebook at do more stress less. Whatever is your particular jam, you can find me there on some version of do more stress less and I would be happy to, to chat with anyone. There you go, ladies and gents. I mean, look, that's the name of the game. There's 24 hours in a day, and some people are just way more effective with their 24 hours. They're not smarter than you. They're not more talented than you. They're just organizing their day a little bit different, prioritizing the thing here and there. So sometimes it's really helpful to reach out to somebody who is just in that space. So check out Alexis's website. Make sure you guys follow her on Instagram. Check out her stuff, because look, 24 hours in a day, you're gonna sleep about, what, seven, eight of them. So you got another 16 hours left over. What are you going to do with that time? Let's make the most of that time so that you're enjoying your life because it's all about being happy. At the end of the day, it's not really all about the money. Money's great. It's not really all about the relationships. Relationships are great. It's about you being happy. Then you can give back to everybody else in any other way possible. So do 
dot more dot stress dot less is the ig alexis hasselberger on dot uh, com is the website make sure you guys check that out alexis before we head out i got two more questions for you one what was your experience like on the biz bros podcast and then question number two who should be listening to the show uh, I, I had a great time, great energy, uh, super fun conversation. I always love talking about these things and, and sharing what I can with other people. Who should be listening to this show? To me, it sounds like people who should, who are looking to grow their business or who are looking maybe to do a side hustle or who are looking to just know what the, um, the basics are and the ways to up level in your business as you're doing it already. Perfect. Thank you very much. All right, ladies and gents, again, alexishasselberger.com do dot more dot less uh, sorry do dot more dot was it stress less yes. stress yeah. less stress do more stress less yes yes do more stre- do more less stress on ig <laughs> all right ladies and gents that's all we guys we got for you guys today we'll see you again manana until then peace and we're out Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.